Well, everybody, welcome back to Five Questions. I'm your host, Dustin Pede. I am so, so pumped to have with us today uh, one of my very best friends in history. Um, uh, We go way, way back, all the way way to the early 2000s. Um, My good friend, Will Doggett, or as we like to call him, Dill Walgett. Dill, how's Mm. it going, bro? It's good, man. How are you? It's good to be chatting. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you. You have crushed it uh, in the entrepreneurial independent game for a long, long time. I've been a huge fan of yours from a distance from a long time. So just to give everybody context, Will and I used to play together at Liberty University. Back then it was called the Campus Praise Band before the word collective got popular. So collective. uh, So collective. (laughs) Uh, We played in that team together and toured with old Chucky B, Charles Billingsley and uh, had a lot, a lot of fun. Some of the best years of my life uh, were on campus with Will and yeah. uh, going to my first passion event with Will. And Will introduced me to Mute Math. Um, he's oh, like, that's right. That's yeah. kind of like he's famous in my mind for that. Of like that's every right. time I every time I talk about the band Mute Math, I'm like, ah, oh, Will, Will took me to that show, and I was like, they better be good. Yeah. Um, the name like Mute Math, and they were they destroyed. So, and I've seen them like five or six times since. So, anyway. Today's not about me, man. Today's about Will. Will, uh, let me just kind of bring everybody up to speed on what Will does now. So Will is a musician, obviously, sound designer, Ableton Live certified trainer. We'll talk about what Ableton is in a second to bring everybody up to speed. Uh, but after using uh, after years of using Ableton Live with bands, Will now focuses on helping people get from the studio to the stage, uh, which is the name of his company we'll talk about as well. His expertise includes integrating uh, Ableton Live with a band for backing tracks, creating key sounds, controlling lights, lyrics, and video. Uh, Will has always been a master of all things tech, especially when it comes into the, the musical world. Um, he he kind of introduced the team at Liberty to what loops were back then. Uh, and he, he already kind of came in with a wealth of that knowledge. We dabbled in that. And then uh, Will just went off and just had success after success after success. Um, you can kind of follow his his journey and his story on his, on Instagram. I won't take too much time getting into that. Enough to say that just like everybody uh, loves Will, everybody that everybody that's worked with Will uh, wants more of it. Um, and I, I just been such a huge fan uh, of yours for a long, long time. Uh, even back when we were together, I always looked up to you, even though you're younger than me and just seeing your work ethic and so today we're gonna we're gonna hit on some creativity because you're in a very creative industry but we're also gonna hit on uh mostly your process your process fascinates me will because you are essentially no matter what field you may be in uh you're essentially a professional content creator and so uh that's what i want to talk to you about today uh is your content creation process can before we jump in can you just give me like a 30 second overview of your company and what content you're producing so that we have a frame of reference yeah uh so the company's called from studio to stage and um the main focus kind of all the stuff you read it's summed up in um helping primarily musicians uh understand and use a software called ableton live on stage and um so uh that's that's kind of what the company does the main product the main source of teaching people is through a, a uh, the website from studiotostage.com and it's a subscription membership type thing where once a month i release a course um i've been a little behind on products but a, about once every two months i release a template of some sort that people can purchase and buy and use um, but as far as content i'm creating and releasing it's a course a month 
some sort of template resource thing that's uh, available for subscribers. Uh, two videos a week on YouTube, uh, one of which is a podcast, so it's kind of cheating. It's like you talk and turn a camera on, and you can get another piece of content out of that. Yeah, that's um, what we're doing right here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right now, social's pretty light, but uh, going to be kicking that up in Q2 of, uh, of 2023. Um, so that's just really Instagram is like the main social thing for me and YouTube. Um, but uh, all of that content all funnels into, uh, I have a couple different like free, uh, what we've called lead gen stuff or whatever that people download, which uh, uh, I released a new one today or an update of one today, which is partially why I was late and have just been crazy busy trying to get that ready. Uh, and then that funnels people into the subscription thing, which is um, really the funnest thing I get to do, which is uh, really a joy to like focus on. That's the whole, the whole purpose for me of doing, being a content person is um, to be able to just have the fun of like spending my day helping other people hmm. with something that I happen to have expertise in, um, which is not many things, but this is one thing that I happen to be a expert in and um I, I was even the other day thinking of like how do i if i had to sum up what i'm trying to do on the site how do i sum it up and i want when people to sign up to the site to feel like they're getting one-on-one -on -one training with me yeah um and you can't scale one-on-one -on -one very far and so i'm trying to find some better ways to improve the current experience where it feels more like that but um that's the whole goal is to get people to to sign up and and learn how to perform on stage with freedom and flexibility to to not focus on tracks to i mean going back to mute math like that was such a joy to see them enjoy being on stage and um a lot of times technology is not a joy to learn to use it's frustrating and so it's like to free people up on stage to just yeah. have fun you know yeah man it's so good you're so 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 great at it uh so let's let's just kind of dive in a little bit you you talk i can just kind of get a glimpse into your head a little bit so far of what you're thinking about you're thinking about different content you're going to release at q2 you're thinking about the content that you have twice a week you're thinking about the online courses you're thinking about the one-on-ones you're thinking about all these things how, how do you how do you kind of navigate all that how do you organize it what is my first question is what does your content creation process look like if i was to kind of ask you from beginning from idea to x to basically roll out what is what does that look like for you yeah, I am probably the least process-oriented process person you've ever met. Hello. Um, because I I do have a business that does rely on me consistently like producing stuff. Um, and but I'm not incredibly like solid on that or how I do it. And I have the benefit of uh, being a company that's just myself and my wife. And I work with two primary contractors, but they're not employees, good friends. But um, so I kind of have the ability to flex a bit, but. Um, and it's, I think the other piece too, that's worth mentioning before I dive into this is it's always changing. And, um, yeah. I'm in the midst right now of a big phase of trying to, um, codify a lot of process. It's ironic. We're talking about process. I'm in the, uh, in the process of, um, trying to codify how I do what I do so that I can hand off things that I'm not uniquely gifted at so that I yeah. can do more of what I am uniquely gifted at. Yeah. Um, side note, fantastic book. I'm a big book guy, but Buy yeah. Back Your Time by Dan Martell. Um, it's kind of like the e-myth uh, revisited, but like a little more practical. Um, yeah. And he talks about creating playbooks and uh, which is standard operating procedures, whatever. Um, yeah. I, I call it. Um, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying I'm a book guy, too. I wanted to share this one with you as well. So I know you just recently moved from Austin, Texas, one of my favorite 
authors uh, is in Austin, and his name is Austin, Austin Cleon, who wrote exactly. Steal Like an Artist way back in the day. But he, I'm, I'm slowly devouring. I could read this in two seconds because yeah. uh, his books are such easy reads. But Show Your Work uh, is kind of all about the process yeah. uh, and, and having your process be an open book essentially. And, uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just slowly absorbing it because it's so, so good. But yeah, yeah. Got to do. I like that. Buy back your time. I'm going to, I'm going to look that one up. That's really good. Uh, quick. Um, uh, you're going to have to keep me on track cause I'm going to go all, good. a thousand different places, but, I love it. uh, what I like about what Austin shares in that book, it's, it's kind of this idea of, I spent a couple of years at a company doing product management, product direction kind of stuff. And the, in the software world, there is, everyone thinks they're Apple. So they're, um, you know, and particularly I, I did a lot of this in like the church world. And so, um, you know, creativity for churches is what did Coldplay do five years ago? And what has Apple done five years ago? And uh, this is the cynic in me speaking, obviously. But sure. um, uh, there there was kind of this like mentality of let's develop a product and we're going to work on it. We're going to shape it to be perfect. And then two years later, we'll release it to the world and everyone will come to our, our product launch. In fact, as we're talking, there was a company, a church company that just a couple of days ago had like a big launch thing. And I'm like, um, there's this other approach in software of agile development, which is as quickly as possible, release something, get mm-hmm. feedback on it, iterate, release, iterate, release, iterate, release. So it's kind of that show your work thing, yeah. uh, which is a fantastic book for content entrepreneurs or people creating content. Um, but the, the, the fastest way to get better at anything is to do a lot of it. And, um, yep. So that, that's kind of maybe a core thing when it comes to product, but, um, or, or content for me, the way I think. So as opposed to, I know, I mean, I could think of like five people on one hand that, um, are always, uh, they're always about to ship something. They're always working on something. And you're always like, how'd that thing go? And I decided to go a different direction. And you're like, man, just ship, just get stuff out. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a quickly. Huge, yeah. I'm a huge Seth Godin fan and, Lynchpin is a pivotal book in my life. Um, one of a couple books I can point to that completely shaped the direction of my life. But yeah, L- Lynchpin is a big one. Just that whole idea of um, ship your work, real artist ship. Steve Jobs quote kind of um, taken by uh, Seth Godin, but yeah. um, super important. So I think b- before we get to like my process, I think the most important process, part of the process is the shipping part, the releasing which yeah. is um, which is the most terrifying because it gets you into fear and insecurity and um, go read the War of Art and put your big yeah. boy panties on and and uh, Stephen you know, make it happen. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, so process for me is um, again I'm refining, I'm shaping, but the very first thing is like just uh, I I think it's kind of a thing I've picked up from comedians and listening to comedians talk in particular like Jerry Seinfeld, but just always being aware and always. Um, just thinking and listening. And so uh, I, I try to capture ideas religiously. Like if I showed my overhead camera right now, I probably have 50 index. I mean, I can show you at least this. I have 50 index cards and sticky notes of just ideas and stuff. Um, yeah. And there's I even, I, I just lost one. Uh, there's, uh, it's <laughs> That's how quickly ideas come and, come and go, man. Yeah, ain't that the <laughs> truth. Um, but I'm constantly, I'm constantly doing two things, just kind of paying attention uh, observing stuff. I'm thinking about ideas. I'm, I'm trying to get better at asking people questions. Like, what Mm. are you struggling with? You know, I'll I'll do like a one-on-one coaching call with someone and I'll just ask him, Hey, if I could do one video, what would be the most beneficial? Um, and just learning really to listen to people, um, to gather ideas. And maybe we'll talk about this later, but 
uh, I think I'm in the biggest possible shift of my career and content focus right now um, because I'm sensing a change and I'm sensing a change in the audience I'm pursuing and who the new audience is. And so I'm mm -hmm. very attunedly aware of this like listening phase. So for me, that's in captioning all those ideas. I use Trello religiously. Um, it's just a, a tool I like, but however you do it, just capture ideas. So um, Trello is the main thing where everything goes. Uh, and I call it um, uh, content like editorial calendar. So it's just an inbox. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I tend to try to categorize, uh, which is really helpful. And I like to think of, if you could see, it's like just straight out of view, but behind me is a big calendar on the wall with uh, um, uh, post-it notes and I'm like moving stuff around. I, I always try to yeah. think of like, I've always wanted to be like a writer on a comedy show um, and like yeah, be on SNL or something. And so that idea of like, the board and I'm putting mm -hmm. ideas up is really helpful, board. but yeah. So, um, for me, Trello, the next Trello's piece, project management, right? Yeah. Trello's project management. The big thing with Trello is it's, it's typically Kanban boards or Kanban bond boards, however you say it. And, mm -hmm. and so it's like process oriented. Yeah. Um, but I, I just start with a big pool of content, wherever that goes. Next up for me tends to be like categorization of that. Um, so where does that lie for me? Like what's the audience I'm trying to reach? What's the group? Um, something I did last year, that's really beneficial, which honestly, I kind of missed a little bit this year is I committed to release a piece of content every single day on YouTube last year. And, um, and I took a couple weeks off and in the midst of doing all that, we sold our house and moved across country and I, you know, pre-recorded two and a half months worth of content. So like, it was mm -hmm. a pretty great process, but yeah. in order to do, and people would always ask me, how in the world do you do seven pieces of content? Well, I'm like. I'm not waking up in the morning and going, what's the idea to work on? I'm, I'm constantly thinking. And then I, I put everything in a bucket. So when mm -hmm. I first started, it was like my buckets were Monday was podcast behind the space fire. Tuesday was troubleshooting. Wednesday was focused for worship leaders. Thursday was a podcast focused on worship leaders. Friday was focused on tracks. Saturday was focused on gear. Sunday was focused on Sunday sound design. And so I basically had seven shows I was producing content for. And um, so then you just try to keep the buckets full. So uh, then I move from all these ideas, try to categorize them and just lay out like, okay, here's all my gear topics. And some of those have gone away. Uh, doing that last year is really beneficial because it helped me again, narrow down what audience I'm trying to reach and, and who I'm reaching and who I'm not. And um, then from there, that moves into what I call my content assembly line, uh, which is a Trello board. And it's, it's literally dictated out by um, outline, film, upload, uploading, um, editing, uh, which gets sent off to a buddy of mine that edits and then back to me for ready review. Then I review it. Then it goes to Fiverr, someone on Fiverr to make chapters for it. Goes to my buddy, John, to write copy for it, title description, a um, couple of variations of that. Uh, thumbnails right now is myself and my wife uh, kind of collaborating on that and then um, review everything. And then from there, it's all distribution. And so, um, that has gotten very like uh, rote and routine. And that's something I'm trying to, to, in a good way, I've figured out what it needs to be. Now the next piece for me is getting that documented and handing that off. But um, as far as creating that process, that's something I've learned and adapted and changed because I'm really good at bulk creating. Like I can, yeah. I, I um, you know, you said I'm a really hard worker, but in reality, I'm probably the laziest person I know. It's just smart, but, smart worker. Um, yeah, and I think, and I used to think like, oh, I'm lazy and lazy means you never do work, but it just means I, I also get bored really easily. 
So that means I have to kind of batch stuff. But yeah. uh, one thing I'm getting back to when it comes to the creation of content is um, if I go long periods of time between creating courses or creating tutorials, it's really difficult for me to get it cranked back up to a point where I'm yeah. happy with it. So you can always tell if I take a break, it takes about two to three tutorials for me to really feel like I've got this dialed in and, yeah. and nailed down. Must so uh, yeah, so I'm really trying to optimize my day so that every day I can come into the studio here and record one or two pieces of content and just keep rolling constantly. I so I think we're up to like April now, you know, we're recording this what in March, I think. Are we in March? Yeah, I think in March. Yeah. So um, I think I've got content through April recorded yeah um and that really helps to get you off the like flywheel of just feeling like mm -hmm. i've got to constantly create content so yeah um i know you what's coming just because i don't i don't think yours is gonna roll out to like may or june but <laughs> yeah it's i, I mean I'll, I'll be on the beach sipping mimosas by then yeah but, that's um right. but yeah it's that idea of like if you if you think i got to constantly create content i mean the way to get out of the the like hamster wheel is like you got to get ahead and and you're afraid to get ahead because you're afraid of like this. What if this is not the best idea I've ever had? What if a yeah. lot? And you're like, no, you just got to ship. You just got to get it out and release and learn from every piece. Yeah. And it's again, that iterative, that feedback thing and mm -hmm. listening to how people respond. And um, yeah, people will let you know if it's any good or not. Yeah. And, and, and there's, um, I'm a huge fan of Gary V. Like, yeah. Uh, if I could design my Content perfect, King. Uh, yeah, if I could design like my perfect church, Gary V would be the pastor of the church. Because, there it is. Um, he just, he, he talks a lot. A concept he's been talking about a lot over the past couple of months is like, we've got to get past this, like hating the haters thing. And um, he, I mean, he shares a lot of ideas that are like central tenets of the Christian faith of like forgiveness and compassion and um, you know, he talks about someone who gets to the point where they leave a negative comment on your video and call you stupid or dumb or whatever. Um, it, you, you shouldn't hate them, but you should feel compassion for them because something's happening in their life. That's like causing them to yeah. act out in that way. Um, sure. and so when you create a lot of YouTube comment, comment content, rather, you'll get a lot of comments. And some of those comments are from people that just um, maybe don't have the full emotional intelligence yet. Maybe something's going on in their life. And the one thing they can control is being an a-hole to other people. And so that's like, sometimes it's that. And yeah. um, you can delete that stuff. You can try to respond compassionately, whatever you want to do. But then there are genuine comments that some people word well, some people are struggling to get there, but at the heart of it is they want to help critique to get you to something better. And yeah. so you've got to, you've got to, have enough maturity to know when to listen and when not but um again going back to me and we won't i won't get into this now you get me there if you want later but yeah. um this big pivotal shift for me and audience focus and content really came out of a couple comments that at first i ignored and then i went i think they may be onto something like i think that person that just commented that is the the person i'm trying to reach that yeah. i'm not currently speaking to and so you you got to listen to that but you got to know when to listen and when to ignore yeah, I have a quick bonus question for you just out of curiosity, but something that I'm wrestling with right now as I'm starting to ramp up my first year of a ton of content creation. You talked about having the board right and that being in that writer's room. Yeah. Um, and not so much uh, like I, I kind of I have my own process now of like, OK, that's not for now. That's for that's a later idea, not a now idea. I have my, I have I have buckets for that. Uh, this is going to sound like are you mental? But 
how do you keep from doing the same idea twice when you're pumping out that much content? How do you remember, oh, I already covered that like two years ago or I already covered that uh, last month? So here's here's the thing that I realized that was a big fear of mine. And again, you look at let's let's say if we literally committed to doing it, the creating pieces of content for 365 days, no breaks, let's do it. One, there's a fear of like, will I be able to come up with that many ideas? Yes. Like uh, uh, yeah. creativity is a muscle. It's not a thing that yeah. empties and you're out of ideas. When you get That's to right. the bottom, you're not at the bottom. You're just afraid that the next idea won't be as good as the previous one. So right. um, you, uh, Seth Godin always says plumbers don't get plumbers blocked. They just go to work and fix people's plumbing. Um, so there's no <laughs> such thing as writer's block. It's just fear. That's what I believe. And Seth Godin kind of believes that. But anyway, um, one of the... The most important, what's the best way to word this? One of the uh, biggest fallacies that content creators believe is that um, they cannot create or recreate the same concept or restate the same concept again. Um, and one, that comes out of pride because we believe that everyone sees everything we see because we're the most important person in the world. Yeah. And that's easy for me to say to you as you ask that question, but that's what I believe. Like, sure. well, I can't, I can't talk about this concept because I already talked about it. And then when You're I step right. back, and I go, well, no one sees everything I do. And then two, uh, people ask me the same freaking questions oh, every right, week right. on YouTube. And I go, I answered this like six months ago. Um, and, and so you have to say, and, and look at people, um, someone that I think is the king of content, uh, Dave Ramsey. And yep. you look at his whole baby steps thing. It's so simple. And you think about the guys had a show for 30 years after 30 years, he's got to come up with something new, but people call in and the, the solution to their problem is just follow the plan. This is the plan, follow the plan. And so yeah. um, it's easy to think we've got to come up with something new, but there's nothing new under the sun. It's just, you've got to reiterate and you've got to constantly refine how you share your message and, and find where people are getting hung up. And um, I, I have found in particular show not tell is super important. I tend to be more of a tell person and I tend to, yeah. it's easy for me to connect the dots and I've realized for a lot of folks, you got to really slow it down and you've got to not try to, you've got to not hope that they connect the dots. You've got to like show them um, right. and not because people are stupid, but because if they're not in this 24 seven, like I am, they're not going to think about it that way. Yeah. No, as you're talking, I'm my, what clicked for me 20 seconds into your answer was uh, leaders know that in order for anything they say to be sticky, they have to repeat it so much that the the sound of them saying it again uh makes themselves nauseous because yeah. that's that's right when people are just starting to hear it for the first time yeah. you know like it's why dave ramsey is still going again folks it's baby step number two you know yeah. <laughs> you know over and yeah. over again so i think i think you're right i think in my mind i was i was looking at it from a a perspective of everybody is seeing everything and it's out there so i could easily just instead of recreating it i could easily just go here's a throwback thursday to this thing i did you know yeah. four years ago kind of thing but yeah. yeah you're you're absolutely right absolutely right where uh who who or where did you i know you talked a lot you referenced a lot of books uh but who or where did you learn this process from um i i am someone who I've never officially had a mentor um, and that always bugged me growing up. Like I, I can specifically think of a couple of different people that I asked like, Hey, will you mentor me? And everyone always said, no, not, I don't think because of me, but just because of time or whatever. 
Um, so I'm just like, I mean, I'm a learner, so I, I just pick up and I just try stuff. So, um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I will say, I don't know if this is the heart of your question, but for people that want to get into this, the absolute best resource I can suggest right now is a book called Content Inc. by Joe Polizzi, uh, Content Inc. Inc. Um, and he, he was an early guy. Uh, I just read this book like two years ago, but he was an early guy um, that talked about how to be a content entrepreneur. Like, I think he kind of invented that phrase. And uh, he worked with like some of the copy blogger folks early in the day. And, and um, a lot of people deep in that world know him. I did not know him until a couple of years ago, but I read his book and I went, oh, this is a process I was following without knowing I was following it. Yeah, without um, putting words to it, without putting skin to it. Yeah. So for me, um, it just started years ago. Yeah. So there's no formal person. It's really interesting you asked that. There's no formal person that said, Will, like now it's very popular to be a creator. It's, you know, a lot of people aspiring to do that or wanting to do that. It's um, easier now than it's ever been. Yeah. The resources are incredible uh, to do that. But I, I mean, I think Seth Godin was a big guy back in the day. He didn't really talk about content entrepreneurship, but he did talk about being a linchpin and um, uh, Cal Newport's so good. They can't ignore you. Um, here's what's crazy, Dustin. And I won't say the artist. I'll tell you off once we end, cause I don't know that the tour will actually happen, but, um, I, um, I got a call, uh, I got an email like, uh, uh, a month ago from someone and they said, Hey, I'm looking for someone to fill in and do playback on a tour with this artist. And if I said the artist, I mean, you and I are, um, we're not old, but we're old enough that we know who it is. And older people mm -hmm. would be like, oh my gosh, it's like the Beatles. But, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I don't really do tours. Like I, you know, I, I want to be with my kids and whatever, and my wife, and I, I not don't want to hit the road, but I started to look at the dates and things lined up. And I talked to my wife and I'm like, this could actually be a really great opportunity. Well, anyway, I called the people and I, I talked to the, the girl who reached out and then talked to the music director. And what was fascinating to me is the music director of this particular band well, if I say too much, then people can figure out. But music director for this particular band has played with massive artists. And the band that's on stage with this artist have played with people everyone knows. Um, and what they said that was really fascinating to me is they were trying to find someone to fill in. And the, the music director said, why don't you reach out to Will? Like he, There's no one better in the world at doing this than Will. Mm -hmm. And it took me back to Cal Newport, So Good They Can't Ignore You, which is an adaptation of a quote from Steve Martin. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't believe I'm the best person in the world at doing playback, but I'm, I am um, arguably the best person in the world at creating content, talking about that. You know, there's great yeah. people, Laura Escaday, my all friends, Henry Strange, um, uh, Mike McKnight, like these really great playback texts. But I think I'm uniquely gifted where I'm just smart enough to understand it, just dumb enough to like communicate it. Um, and um, but I, I just, I just got out there and started creating content and created lots and lots and lots and lots of content. And it's at the point now where um, if you Google almost anything about Ableton Live, particularly Ableton Live and live performance, it's either going to be all, you know, five of the videos that show up will be mine or the majority of the ones will be mine. And that's all by uh, like design, you know, like yeah. it didn't just happen that way. It's like I busted my butt last year to create content, to fill in gaps and get really strategic, um, uh, you know, do Google searches and see what, the top five, top 10 things people are asking and create content for that. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, there's no real person I learned that from, but I, I say, I like to say what's wild about that story of them reaching out and saying, Hey, would you be interested in doing this tour is um, I still don't feel like I'm good enough to like, I, I still don't feel like 
I am the best in the world at that. But what I am the best of the world at in this space is just getting out there and creating content, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so anyway, uh, it, yeah, you just got to get out and do it. You got to like yeah. start creating stuff and, um, and keep testing and listening and creating more and just keep going at it, you know? Yeah. My, my last two questions you have kind of already answered. I just want to circle back and pinpoint a couple of things that you said. Uh, my, my fourth question is where do you get your inspiration from? You started to mention in that last answer about Googling questions that people are asking. And I just came across this piece of content the other day. I think it was on an Instagram reel or somebody sent me a TikTok or whatever. Um, but it was basically this woman showing her process for creating content and mm. knowing knowing what content people are looking for and she would just google the topic and then if you scroll down you'll see like the top five questions that people are asking about that topic mm-hmm. then she just goes writes writes and releases content that answers that question yeah that answers each one of those questions and so it sounds like that's where you're going a little bit for inspiration too am i correct there yeah let me give you uh and i'll do this in like two minutes let me give you very oh. tactical practical things um one go to google type in um, whatever your subject is. I'll pick mine, Ableton Live. Just look at the autocomplete stuff and you'll see what the autocomplete suggestions are for that. Mm-hmm. Write that down. There's a tool called Answer the Public, I think. You can do a free trial. There's some kind of limited that gives you an expanded view of that and words and terms related. That's a really good starting place. Um, that's a very practical tool. Uh, related to that is YouTube, same thing. Like type in a search thing and then look at autocomplete and then look what pops up. Um, what I found that's really beneficial to, to follow on the back end of that, like those are two tricks that I've used for a while and I've heard people do. Um, but what makes it really beneficial is on the back end of that is go look at every single piece of content. Like I, I just did a video the other day. That's a subject I have talked about till I've been blue in the face for the past 10 years. I know everything there's to know about that. But what I went and did is I found every video on YouTube that someone talked about a similar thing, uh, including my own stuff. And I went, I looked at the comments and I went, okay, where did I miss my last explanation of this that five people said, but why do you do it this way? Blah, 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 blah. And then you write down those questions and then you start to build your outline off of that. So Google, YouTube, I mean, any social media stuff, look at content people have created, look at questions that people are asking because they missed it. I yep. missed it when I did that video. That person missed it. Um, uh, those are really big. The other thing that's amazing, people love talking about themselves. People love um, feeling in charge. So um, not surveys necessarily, because survey feels very whatever. But on social media, um, what's one thing, this is a question I often use, what's one thing you wish Ableton Live did that it doesn't? Um, mm. and, and put that in your context. And about 58% of people that answer that, maybe 70%, will at will say things that it already currently does it does they just don't know how. they just don't know how so yeah. then i go okay that's a place for content um as you know, again asking people is is a huge one but i mean if you just do if you just do those autocomplete searches if you follow up and look at uh comments is a big one if you mm-hmm. ask people and then the the thing that uh content inc that book i mentioned before and i'm pointing because yeah. it's behind me um something that joe mentioned in that book that i've never thought about that i i did uh, at the beginning of last year, um, before I headed into like creating lots of content, is he said, sit down and write every single question you think people would have about this topic, Ableton Live, how to perform on stage with Ableton Live, write down every possible question you can think of, 
And then try as best as you can to go back to when you were starting and think of what's the entire process right. from knowing nothing to there. And that's what I struggle with a lot is like going back to those early days, campus band, yeah. using tracks, write that whole thing down. And if you do those five things or however many I mentioned, you'll never, ever, ever, ever run out of an idea. And, right. and the bonus last piece is as you release content, you've got to watch it and you've got to listen to comments and you've got to see what people are saying. Uh, either about your presentation, about the content itself, the stories you're telling, how you're connecting. And if you do that, you'll, again, you'll never, ever run out of ideas at all, ever. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've been in this early phase of content uh, ideation and uh, it's endless, uh, yeah. the, the amount of content that I'm, that I'm just, it's ready for me to go answer these questions. It's ready for me to go uh, release this, create and release this stuff. Um, it, it's definitely endless and people are always, because people are, uh, always gonna, you know, be around as long as we're still here, right? Like is that, people are going to be around. They're going to continue to ask more and more questions. Someone's eventually going to ask a question that's never been asked before, or at least in a way that's never been asked before. And you're going to have to pose your answer slightly different than you have before all these things. You, my last question for you, I'm going to be sensitive to your time. I, I, the last you you've kind of alluded to this throughout uh, the interview so far, uh, but my question was, how do you decide uh, which content release to release and which content isn't ready yet? Uh, I know I know you've mentioned several times throughout this interview um, about the process of of just shipping products, just getting it out there uh, yeah. as quickly as possible. So for you, are you even using that filter of if it's good enough or not, or if it's ready or not, or are you like when do you go? Okay, I think I'm finally ready to at least beta test. Is my baby cute enough? Yeah, that man. That's a good question. Um, I think I, I would always tell people, though I don't always follow this, I would always tell you to err more, more on the side of just release. It, yeah. When in doubt, release. Um, you have to balance that, though, with your own personality and knowing your tendencies. And I tend to over ideate and I tend to over. Um, I mean, if you go downstairs, it's next to my bed, a set of index cards. I have index cards by my desk and index cards by my bed, just in case something strikes me. But um, the amount of index cards I have related to products I hope to release this year or new ways to sell a subscription is vast. And um, it helps me to have my wife to run ideas past because she'll go, you're just like, oh, you're confusing people here. You know, like you've got eight mm -hmm. products, like one product. And I think that's one thing that's been beneficial to me is when people say, what do you sell? I sell a subscription. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there's not, you know, there's annual, there's monthly, it's a subscription. Now yeah. I will on the back end have different offers I offer to people based on, you know, their persona or whatever. But yeah, I think, I think in general error on the side of releasing it. Um, as far as knowing when it's ready or not, I think I'm getting a little better at knowing when content will resonate versus not resonate. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some content I feel is important enough. I'm going to release regardless, even though I know it's not going to be a big hit, you know, and a big hit for me now on YouTube at this era that I'm in is like, if I release a video and in the first two days, it's a thousand to two thousand views, which is very, very small compared to most people. But if I do that, then I know that content really resonated, and that tends to be around certain topics that I've found gear, very tactical, how to do this in Ableton Live. Some of the more soft skill stuff that I enjoy talking about doesn't resonate, but there's a part of my crowd that it resonates very highly with, and so I will still release that stuff, knowing it's going to get a hundred to two hundred views. It'll maybe eventually grow to a thousand in a couple months if I'm lucky, but it's going to re-energize that particular part of my audience that I want to speak to and energize there, or it's just something selfishly I want to release. So 
Um, I'll give you a, a very a practical example right now. I started a video that I wanted to be a little more YouTube-y, um, you know, like Mr. Beast or these people do like experiments. Like I spent seven days on blah, blah, blah. Um, I wanted to do something where uh, I basically ran a Mac mini headless, which means no monitors or whatever in the cloud and ran Ableton Live on it to see, could I like record um, and, uh, you know, remotely on that, could I play back tracks and have multiple outputs come back remotely? Again, very technical I'm talking here, but um, it's kind of like in limbo right now because I, I have to make sure the way I present it is presented well. And I don't know that yeah. I've told that story well enough yet. And so um, eventually maybe I'll just release it. Maybe it'll be something I, I never release. But a perfect example is like I started because I needed to fill in some gaps for content. Um, last year, I did a couple of Reacts videos where I would pull up like videos yeah. of people showing oh, the rig and react to them. Yeah. And, um, and I literally took me six minutes, one take. It's the lowest budget of low budget. And mm -hmm. uh, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And it's some of the highest watch content I have. Yeah. Um, and people love it. And so it's kind of like, I didn't think that was ready. And I didn't think I had that format figured out. But I just realized um, probably the most impactful thing I've learned in the past year is the content um i need to find a better way to package this and say it but like um if you want to create content that resonates with people that people like then create content people like which is like well no crap sure yeah, like, thanks yeah. for that but i realized on instagram even though i'm not currently practicing this you can see phases of me learning this but um if i take an image my thumbnail image and i resize it in canva which is so easy to do and i share that on instagram and say Hey, click the link in my bio to go watch my video. The the uh, engagement of that is super low. Some people maybe comment. Some people maybe go off of the platform to go watch it. But if I take that piece of content and turn it into something that's actually valuable to them, that provides value, like um, I just did a video on why we should value community over competition. Hmm. Um, and if I turn that into a little Instagram carousel of those five points in text, then right there, I have a package of the same content but that package is valuable as opposed to that what it is right now, which is the image, the thumbnail image of me doing this, which <laughs> provides no value to that person other than yeah. a signal to say, go watch my thing. But yeah. if I repackage that, then it's tons of value. And amazingly, surprisingly, when you create content people like, then more people will like it and watch it and see it. So um, uh, sounds like, wow, what an epiphany, Will. But you, we like always think there's a hack. The reason Mr. Beast is big is because he figured out this hack. He figured out this thing. No. He creates content people want to see. Um, final book recommendation. Uh, if you if you do YouTube whatsoever, then the YouTube formula, I, the, the cover is back there, but the YouTube formula by Daryl Eves, he's the executive producer of The Chosen, um, but he's worked with, like you open the cover, it's Mr. Beast, people, I don't know who they are, uh, but YouTubers that like, he's worked with every YouTuber in the world, but um this is the best book on like how to create content that resonates with people on YouTube. And he teaches you stop creating content for the algorithm and create content for people and release yeah. content, how watch how people respond, do your research stuff. Um, and the algorithm will follow people. And so that's kind of like, he says, there's no hack. Let's just do the work, you know, um, yeah. uh, turn pro as, as Pressfield says. So, um, yeah, that's, that's like, that's a, I think a huge thing is, uh, just release the stuff, watch how people do it and repackage it in different forms mm -hmm. so that it's valuable to people. Yeah. 
Man, I love it. There's so much gold uh, in our short time together today. I'm going to have to just rewatch it a thousand times for myself just to learn. I took so many notes. I got a whole page of notes down here. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. Your process is so refined and so valuable. I love <laughs> that throughout, I just kept hearing uh, Dwayne Carson, who was a pastor yeah. at, at Liberty the entire time going, leaders or learners yeah. uh, the whole time. Cause you just like, here's a book, here's a book, here's a book, here's a guy, here's a person. Uh, but I love that. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think we share that commonality where, uh, we realize that we don't have all the answers and there are people that have, you know, packaged their content, you know, for very low cost for just here's the answer uh, or here's their view of the answer. Uh, yeah. and it's so valuable to have. So thank you for your time, man. Thank you for all the the wisdom and the the resources. Um, I just uh, I, can't, I can't think can't thank you enough. I hope to have you on again uh, for sure and talk more about your process and your creativity. I feel like there's so much more we could really dive into. Uh, but thanks for joining me today, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Uh, yeah, so if you're watching this, I would love for you to subscribe to the channel. I got to do all the businessy stuff now, so you just got to sit and watch me be weird. Uh, so <laughs> I'd love for you to subscribe to the channel, uh, ring the bell, share this with your friends, post it wherever you think it would be helpful. I also want to make mention to uh, where you can find Will. You can find him on from studio to stage.com. Uh, is where he's living these days or also on Instagram, which sounds like it's about to get real lit in Q2 uh, is from studio to stage IG on Instagram. So check him out uh, and uh, just enjoy all the things that he's putting out. Even if you have like, I don't even know what Ableton is. Just learn from what Will's doing uh, because it's invaluable. So uh, that's all for this time on five questions. We'll talk to you next time.